Welcome to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with author and wealth manager Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, here's your host, Chris Herline. Good day, everybody. Chris Herline here, Reap Financial, coming to you live today, 11 a.m. It's 11.05 as we kick things off. We got a lot of time for your Questions surrounding the retirement landscape, your investments, your IRAs, 401ks, Social Security, Medicare, and a lot more. We uh, got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about something that applies to so many of you, whether you're retired or not retired. And, and what that is, is you've been working for many years. You've got a lot of different accounts floating around out there. And when you leave an employer, oftentimes you may have a 401k that you've been, you know, socking money into over the years. And, and so the question is, is what do you do with that 401k when you leave? So we're going to address that today. And then I want to talk about some year-end tax strategies that you want to be considering as we're walking into the back end of the year here. And you're going, okay, is there any last minute things I can do? There's, there's often some accounts that are really overlooked that I want to make sure that you're aware of today to see how that may potentially fit in your year-end tax plan. So we've got a lot lined up and we're gonna take your calls and questions. Join me right now, 512-836-0590. Isaac's got the uh, phone lines open. We are ready for you today, 512-836-0590. So the question is, is should you roll over your former 401k into an IRA or sh should we just leave those funds there? Does, does that make sense to leave it or to roll it? And let's just start with the power of IRAs and, and the value of these IRAs in retirement. Um, as you are putting money in these things through the years, you're doing it obviously to save for your future retirement, but you're also doing it because you like a tax break. So when you max out your IRAs, when you max out your 401ks in these working years, through those higher earning years in your 50s leading into your 60s, you are looking for tax deductions, I get it. So under today's law, when you put the max in there or really any dollar amount in there, it's going to help you when it comes to year-end tax savings because every dollar you get into these accounts will not show up on the bottom line of the 1040 come April, okay? So you can get a nice, sizable tax deduction. For you, over fifty, thirty thousand $30,000 can go into that 401k of yours. And um, for those of you over... 50, you know, you can put 7,000 into these IRAs. So the other thing is, is you know, when you are thinking about your, your long-term savings, I want you to think about, you know, the value of that account. Um, what I mean by that is if you were to just dive into your IRAs and 401ks with me right now, just dive into your specific account, and you probably have an idea of how much you have in one of those accounts. So think of that value right now. Is it 600,000? Is it 1.8 million? Is it 3.6 million? 200,000, whatever it is, okay? So take that number and realize that that number is potentially not worth anywhere near the balance that's currently in there. Why do I say that? It shows up on the statement, but 
if you've listened to the show long enough, you know where I'm going. Do you, you will not be able to net those balances that you are looking at on the screen or on your statements because every dollar is going to be taxed as income. All right, so if you've got a million dollars in there and you're going to withdraw money from that through retirement and you're in a 22, 24% tax bracket, well, then that tells me right there that that account is probably only worth that million dollar account net value is only worth maybe 750. Obviously things will grow, obviously that number could change, but the thing about getting a tax deduction in today's economy with today's tax rates is yes, you are getting a tax deduction today, but all that is happening is the government is giving you a loan. They're giving you a loan. Many people argue, well, there's more going into the IRA because I don't have to pay tax in the year I put it in. That's true. But the money's on loan because when you pull it out, you will have to pay tax. And that will be taxed at whatever future tax rates will be, which potentially could be higher than today. And so you got to consider, do you want to get tax breaks today on the $30,000? that you maxed out your 401k? Or do you want tax breaks later on the $3 million that it's potentially worth in retirement? Everybody says, no, the bigger number, right? So consider that because when you put everything in those, it may not be worth that when it comes down to the net. So the difference then between IRAs and Roth IRAs, traditional 401ks and Roth 401ks, with the traditional accounts, you, you get that tax deduction today. When you, when you put the money in the Roth portion, you're not going to get a, um, a tax deduction. And that's hard to swallow. And here I am, year end here with you on KLBJ. And, you know, you're waiting for me to get to our segments today where I'm talking about some year end tax strategy because our brain, we're wired to get tax deductions today. So if you get in the Roth game, you start putting money there, you're, you're not getting a tax deduction. In fact, if, if you're not in the Roth game and you're saying, well, I make too much money to put money in the Roth, well, let me clarify a few things. If you make over a certain amount of money as a single married filer, you can't put money in a Roth IRA, but you can put it in a Roth 401k. There's no income limits when it comes to the Roth 401k. Now you may be saying, well, Chris, I, I'm retired. I don't have a 401k anymore. Maybe I've got a job where I don't have a 401k option. If that's the case, you can still get in the Roth game. If you have a, a single dollar in that IRA or 401k, you can convert money. There's no income limits on how much you can convert or if you can convert it at all. And so that being said, you want to be measured. You know, you don't want to convert too much into uh, to in, in one year. You want to do it over many years, but to take it one step further, you, you know, as I'm mentioning, we're wired to not pay tax. Well, be aware, you convert IRAs, 401ks to your Roth, yeah, you're going to pay tax on whatever amount you convert. And so again, there's a mental block there. There's a mental block for families because you, you're not wanting to increase your tax bill. Well, I had a couple great conversations this week with some families. And these are conversations we have with all of our advisors and, and families that read financial, and it's this. 
Should I convert today? Should I put money in the Roth today? Well, listen, if you're going to retire next year and you're making 200, 300, 400,000 and you're 62, if we get you retired next year, does it really make sense to convert this year? Because if your income is going to be substantially lower next year, well, in that case, what are we doing? Obviously, we likely want to wait. If you want to consider doing a conversion while you're working, in many cases, it may be just advisable to convert enough to max out your current tax bracket. That's a possibility as well. But with that said, you know, you, you want to... You want to be measured with this. You need to be tactical with this. You need to work with a CPA. You need to work with a fiduciary advisor to kind of guide you through areas and, and where you may want to start on this path. I want to take a question, uh, text question here. You can you can join me here at 512 836 from Susie. Does your, does your money continue growing in a Roth IRA? Susie, when you convert money to a Roth, it's not an investment, okay? It's just the only thing that changes when you move your mutual funds, your, your, your stocks, whatever you are converting over, is the tax designation changes. So you don't have to sell your stocks to convert to a Roth. You don't have to sell your equities. Um, all that's going to happen is the value that you convert will show up as income in that given year. So your investment can remain the same or you can purchase another investment. So to that said, depending on the type of investment you have in there, potentially it's going to continue to grow. And so that's a big misconception. People are like, well, I really like my, my securities and you know, I've had this, this mutual fund or these dividend stocks forever and I don't want to sell them. You, you don't have to sell, Susie, when you go into that thing. That's the best part about it. Just be mindful of the amount that you're doing. So the first reason as i wrap up our first segment here today that you may want to consider rolling your iras or sorry rolling your 401ks into iras is the benefit of being able to convert to a roth or a portion of it to a roth in a given year and many plans um, particularly if you're no longer employed you've got an old 401k in many cases you may not be able to convert within that 401k so by Moving to an IRA, that may open up some additional options. 512-836-0590. Chris Herline, I am live in studio today. It is 1115. Let's take a quick break. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show. Go to WealthRadio.com and subscribe to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with Chris Herline. Chris Herline, back with you. I am in studio today. It's 1118 a.m. Please join me right now, as Susie did on our last segment, 512-836-0590. You can call in. We've got Isaac standing by for your call and or text your question at 512-836-0590. I want to encourage our listeners, particularly those that, that have tuned in with me for nearly a decade, to go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, at Reap Financial, R-E-A-P Financial, where I've got an amazing amount of content on there. Um, and I drop new content every single Wednesday so that our listeners can stay on top of the latest. Go so, subscribe to that YouTube channel. 
Got tons of content on there around everything you need to be aware of walking into and after you have pulled the trigger and retired. So today I'm talking about things around your IRAs. And, you know, one of the big questions we get every year is, you know, should we roll over these old accounts, 401ks, maybe an old IRA floating around there? Should we roll it into an IRA? You know, there's a reason to do this and there's a reason not to do this. But some of the main reasons people consider rolling over old 401ks or a 401k after you retire into a traditional IRA or Roth IRA is just consolidation. It's not it's not um, it's not hard to think that you may have a lot of mail in your mailbox come into the month when all your statements are coming in from the banks and you've probably got three different brokerages and maybe you got two 401ks out there. So the idea of simplifying and, and consolidating, particularly going into retirement, so you get a better view of everything, that can make a lot of sense. And then also consider the, the flexibility within the investments, okay? I'm going to challenge you. If you have a 401k floating around out there, ask yourself, when is the last time that you really took a look at it? When is the last time that you analyzed your fund options available in it? Traditionally, these fund options will change throughout the years. So maybe there's better options, maybe an option that you like before isn't available anymore. When is the last time you analyzed that old 401k and compared it with all of your other assets? Is that old 401k complementing what's going on in everything else that you're doing? So the idea that you can have more flexibility in an IRA can make it attractive to consider rolling over a former 401k. The reason for that is generally in your 401ks at a, at a current employer or a former is you are limited to the mutual fund options that they've provided. And what I've seen historically is that the, the larger the company, the, the, the more employees that it may have, those type of plans, in many cases, will offer more fund options. It can offer more affordable fund options. Um, in some cases, you know, smaller companies, they may offer fewer options or more expensive options. Uh, not for every company. I want to be very clear. But the majority of 401ks out there are utilizing mutual funds. And so that's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that other than you got to ask yourself, does it make sense with everything else that you're doing? Um, when you move your 401ks to IRAs, typically you can invest in an array of things. It could be mutual funds, it could be stocks, it could be ETFs, it could be real estate. Um, you got the flexibility of potentially converting to Roth. I talked about that in the last segment. And you know, even if you're still working, and let's say you're over 59 and a half, there's something called an in-service withdrawal. Uh, so many people don't know about this, and, and again, it's not for everyone, but I like to talk about what your options are on this program. And an in-service withdrawal can allow employees that are still working with their current employer to do an in-service withdrawal, meaning you're, you're going to roll over a portion, some or all of the dollars in your current 401k, to an IRA. Now, you're not putting in your resignation papers you're not gonna close that current 401k. Um, you're gonna keep that thing open. You're gonna continue contributing to it just as if you would any other month. And once the dollars are rolled correctly into the IRA that were once in that 401k, 
If done correctly, we, we are seeing a tax-free, and in most cases, a penalty-free transfer over. And then this allows you, in some cases, to, to reposition this money in a way that could make a little bit more sense for your stage of life. If you're one year, two years, three years out from retirement, you may want more options to hedge against future volatility leading up to retirement. You may want more aggressive options. If you're trying to play catch up, that may be the 401k doesn't option, uh, offer, excuse me. And, and so it's just, again, everything you're hearing here is flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. So with that said, there's a number of people that may say, well, Chris, what type of cost are associated in moving a 401k? And I want to be very clear because if, if this is done correctly, there should be no taxable event. If you've got a traditional 401k and you roll it over, it's done tax-free. It's done penalty-free. The only time generally you, you may see a penalty is if you're under 59 and a half and you were to take money out of the 401k or if you're under 59 and a half, you take money out of an IRA. There is one situation where you may not pay tax on a distribution from a 401k if you're not 59 and a half. And this is a really critical piece to today's conversation. Because remember, we're talking about the do's and the don'ts, the reasons you may or may not want to roll over this 401k to an IRA. So here's the situation. You turn 55 and let's say you're going to consider working beyond that, but let's say you get um, terminated from the employer. They let you go. Uh, you lost your job un unexpectedly and you're going to go back into the job market and try to find a new job. Well, you may need some dollars to supplement you know, income that you're going to lose for a period of time. But if you're over 55 and you've been terminated or you're no longer with a company that you had a 401k with, you can distribute money out of that thing and you can do that without the 10% penalty. Now, you're still going to pay tax on whatever money that you distribute from that, but you wouldn't be penalized that 10%, which could be pretty sizable. But if you were to retire or let's say in this case you, you got terminated, you're no longer with the employer, over 55, and you were to roll that 401k, an advisor maybe counseled you to roll it over into an IRA, you can do that tax and penalty free. But when you need to pull money out of the IRA, because it's now an IRA, it is now subject to the early withdrawal penalty of 59 and 10% penalty. So there may be a case where you would roll some of it over to an IRA, but if you wrote all of it, you would lose the flexibility of taking a distribution tax-free. So that's one reason those of you over 55 may want to consider not rolling everything or rolling just a portion uh, to a 401k, but it's just not everything in many cases. Um, you know, everybody's situation is different. If you're fortunate enough to be able to retire confidently, you've got a written plan that shows you you can pull this off with total success. Uh, before you're 59 and a half, good for you, and that may not apply to you, but I want that little known thing to be understood by our pre-retirees. 512-836-0590, I want you to call in today. It's 1127, I am in studio with you live. You can take, uh, I'll take your retirement questions, anything around Social Security, IRAs, 401ks, 
retirement income planning, Roths, and more. And a text question here coming in from Sam. Uh, Sam is 61 years old. What percentage of my 401k should be Roth? Sam, there's not a magic percentage. Um, I, I really challenge you to consider all your assets and just ask yourself, how much is in my Roth? Whether it's a Roth 401k um, or the traditional. Um, in many cases, you may be saying, Chris, it's the smallest account that I have where I, I may not have any Roth. Well, if that's the case, the chances are you may need to really consider getting into the Roth game. Um, one of the considerations, particularly for those of you that are in your later years earning you know, dollars leading into retirement, it's, um, it's a consideration of your tax bracket. Um, if you're over the 24% bracket, let's say you're in a 30, 32, 35 37. You know, putting money in a Roth 401k is, is always a, is a good thing long term. But if you could be putting those money into a traditional IRA and getting a tax deduction when you're in a 30 plus percent tax bracket, that may make sense, believe it or not. And then when you retire at 62 or 63, maybe you're, um, maybe at that point is when you want to consider going ahead and, 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 converting those dollars that were once going into that traditional 401k to a Roth when you're in maybe a 12, 22, 24% bracket. So, you know, the thing is, it's not one size fits all. So I think the first consideration for you, Sam, is if you're still working, how much are you paying in tax every year? So does it make sense to do Roth today or do it later? The other thing would just be to look at what your future required distribution amount is potentially to be. So, so that, that means you take your balances today, you put a rate of return on that, and then you look out to what that account could be worth or all your pre-tax accounts could be worth, aggregate them all, and then look at the age of your required minimum distribution, which is probably 73, 75 for the, most of you today. And then you calculate that number and you go, okay, Multiply that by 3.65%, and that's a good start for your required distribution amount. And look at the size of that thing. And, and for, for many of the people we work with, and we run through our process from start to finish, they had no idea that they're going to have a $100,000 IRA or $160,000, uh, excuse me, required distribution. Right? That required distribution will, will beat you up. Um, and it, can, it can put you in a position where you lose a lot of your control in retirement. So all that said, you know, look at what your future tax liability is from the RMD, because remember, every dollar in that Roth, Sam, is, is not going to be subject to tax. But more importantly for you, it's not going to be subject to required distribution under today's law. 512-836-0590. Join me now. I am live in studio. It's 1130. Let's take a quick news break. You're listening to Chris Herline with Reap Financial. If you're retired or retiring soon, you can personally with Chris and his team of fiduciary advisors. Call 512-249-7300 to request a no-commitment tax and retirement analysis. Or you can email chris at wealthradio.com. Live, local, and independent. This is WealthRadio.com with Chris Herline. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, back to Chris. It's 1133. I am in studio with you live today. This is Wealth Radio. Chris Herline here. Great to have you joining us on our second half the hour here. I want to encourage all of our listeners 
uh, to join us at reapwebinar.com, R-E-A-P webinar.com. This is where I host virtual summits every month. This is geared towards helping you retirees and those approaching retirement make really wise financial decisions and you know get some of the pitfalls out of your path as you walk into this great season of life here. So reapwebinar.com to tune into those. And I, I also want to put out there, because we've, we've been talking about you know, rolling 401ks to IRAs today and some questions coming in around what the, the tax implications are or what, what Roth looks like in that. And I want you to get a copy of my Roth report. Go to, actually, just shoot me an email. We'll make it easy. Go to chris at wealthradio.com. chris at wealthradio.com. My team will send our updated Roth report for 2023 right to your inbox. It's at no cost. So get the, get your hands on that. Um, as we're wrapping up this portion of the IRA 401k conversation, there is something I, I want to talk about because the, the year end is upon us and everybody's going, what kind of opportunities are in front of me? Um, again, what, what, what can I do in the next two months to ensure that I can minimize my tax um, for this year? And uh, oftentimes you, you can't do things after the end of the year. Um, you can make you know contributions to IRAs and and things of that sort you know prior to your uh, tax filing date, but but that's kind of a reactive way of doing things. That's that's after you've called your CPA you know January February dropped your docs off and he calls you and he goes she calls you and <laughs> they go you know you owe X in taxes and you're going oh my gosh what can I do? Well that's a reactive method and that's not what happens at Reap Financial. Our clients are educated throughout the weeks and months leading up to the end of the year as to what you should be doing, what we can help you do to reduce that tax bill. So let's talk about some year-end things here around these IRAs and 401ks. First off, maximize your contributions. That's simple, okay? That's an easy one to think through. Uh, you may say, well, Chris, you know, I've, I've got a lot of headroom still. Um, you know, I wanna max out my 30,000 in my 401k, but there's only two months left in the year. Well, go to your go to your employer, go to HR or custodian, whoever is administering that plan, and see if you can withhold more from your check in the coming couple months to get towards the max. Well, well, Chris, where am I going to live? You know, how do I how do I pay my bills if more of my check? Well, think about your other investments. Do you have cash sitting at the bank? Do you have some some brokerage accounts where you could potentially raise some cash? That way, you are maximizing the 401k and the tax deduction that comes with that. So you can supplement your Robin Peter to pay Paul, if you will, just by being a little more tactical on where you're gonna pull money from. So see about maxing out the 401k. And then same is true with your outside IRAs. If you are under certain income thresholds, you can contribute to your 401k and you contribute to an outside IRA and that could be a tax deduction for you as well. And even if you have a spouse that's not working, um, let's say you're the only one working in the marriage and you've got enough money to substantiate a contribution for you and your spouse, you can do what's called a spousal contribution. And that amount would be potentially tax deductible as well. So you can kind of double up there. Um, you know, back to the 401k, if, if you're under 50, you know, there's only a certain amount you can put in, but if you're over 50, you can do those catch up contributions. So if you've recently 
you know, crossed that threshold from 49 to 50, 51, and you haven't gone in and adjusted how much you're contributing, just keep in mind, you can contribute a lot more over 50, which would you, that's going to give you a more of a tax deduction. So keep that in mind. Now, one of my favorites when it comes to the year end is think about your charitable intent. Okay, how much have you given this year? A lot of times people consider giving at the end of the year to causes they believe in to, again, you know, get some tax deduction while helping the charity of their choice. One account that is becoming more and more popular is called a donor advised fund. It's been around a long time. Donor advised fund. Think about it like your charitable savings. This is something we we establish for clients at Reeb Financial all the time. And what this allows you to do is you can put money in to these accounts. You can put cash, you could put stocks from a brokerage account in there, and that the money can be invested, can stay invested. It can grow. And whatever amount you put in that donor advised fund in this year, you would get a, a, a tax deduction on up to a certain amount. Okay, so by doing that, you're 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 getting that tax deduction that you want, and you you still have control of the money from the standpoint that you didn't have to give it directly to any charity yet. So all you've done is taken money from your cash or your brokerage accounts, whatever, and you've got that now put into a donor advised fund that you can manage, and then when the time is right you can give out of that account to any charity of your choice. You can donate dollars out of that to any charity of your choice um, as long as it's a qualified 501c3. Now, when you give out of it, let's say you put 20,000 in this year and next year you give out of it, you're not gonna get a tax deduction when you give to the charity out of that account. You've got the tax deduction more than likely in the year that you put it in. In the year you put it in. And so let's not be confused there. Well. People say, well, why not just give directly to the charity, Chris? Why would I put money in a donor-advised fund? Well, understand that the majority of Americans today do not itemize. Standard deduction is very high. In fact, for 2024, the projected standard deduction is 29200 It's going to be 14600 potentially for single filers. So unless you're itemizing... You're getting over those high limits. Those are very high. Um, you don't get a tax deduction on your charitable contribution. Now, I know you don't just give because you want a tax deduction, but think about this. If you can give strategically and still get a tax deduction, doesn't that make sense? So by donating to your donor-advised fund, it can allow you to put enough in that thing to get above the standard deduction all while not having to give it all to one or multiple charities in a single year. If you had a big bonus at work and a big spike in your tax bracket, let's say you sold a highly appreciated home this year. Let's say you're working with my team and we do a big Roth conversion for you. All those type of taxable events can be mitigated by donating to a donor advised fund. So if you're already giving charitably and you've got a big bump in your income or capital gains in a given year, a donor advised fund could make a lot of sense just from the standpoint that, you know, we can reduce your tax bill and stockpile some cash for your future giving, your future family's giving. We have clients that will leave these donor advised funds to their heirs down the road and the family can give 
to charities of your choice or your kid's choice in the family name. You can even put in your trust how those dollars must be directed, even after six feet under. Okay, so very flexible. There's no minimums on how much you can put in. Um, most of these accounts, you can start with anywhere between zero and $5,000, depending on the custodian. There is some limitations on how much you can put in. It's, it's, a, it's a limitation of $100,000. That's per spouse, by the way. So I know that's a pretty extreme number, but they do allow a pretty liberal amount to go in there, 100,000 per person. So great strategy there for your year-end tax. Consult with the CPA, fiduciary advisor as to if that makes sense. But, but again, again, educating you on maybe some options you didn't know about this morning. One other is if you're over the age of 59 and a half, or sorry, 70 and a half, my apologies, 70 and a half, there's a lot of, there's a lot of haves in these retirement game. Um, you can do what's called uh, a qualified charitable distribution, a QCD. And so you can direct money out of your IRAs um, to charities of your choice. Why, why do this? Why, Chris, why do you tell us that if we're giving charitably, the first dollars you should be giving are from your IRA? Let me tell you exactly why. There's a couple reasons, but let's get the top three reasons. Number one, if you give money out of your bank cash brokerage and you aren't itemizing, okay, you're not going to get a tax deduction. If you are forced to take a required distribution because you're over 70 and a half, well, most people, what they do is they take that money out, they deposit it in their savings, and then they give charitably. So all of that amount that you were forced to take shows up as income, and then you're giving charitably. And again, if you don't itemize, you're not getting a tax deduction. Okay, so keep keep that in mind right there. But to take it a step further, if you had a $20,000 required distribution this year, and you, you took 10 of it to the bank savings, and then you sent 10 of it to one or multiple charities, well, that satisfies your R&D because it came out of the IRA. So in the example I just mentioned, you would show $20,000 if you didn't do a QCD, if you took 10 and then donated 10 direct from the IRA, 401k. And in that case, you'd only show $10,000. So it's, it's better than a tax deduction because we're getting income completely off your Schedule A here. It's better than a tax deduction. You're shaving income off the bottom line. That's taxed at income tax rates. So keep that in mind. Good food for thought. Qualified charitable distributions, um, they, can, they can definitely bring some complexity to your year-end planning, so don't go at it alone. Um, also bear in mind that in most cases, if you do a qualified charitable distribution, you need to inform your CPA of this. In most cases, the, the year-end tax docs are not real clean and clear, and the CPA may not know that the 20000 in this case, 10 of it went to a charity or multiple charities. So they need to notate that, in many cases, on your 1040 so that it's reported correctly. Um, and, you know, always you could go back and amend, but that, that can create a, you know, a rat's nest as well. So that is just a, a couple year-end considerations. Um, I've got a couple more I'm going to cover with you here, but 512-836-0590 to join me. Still got plenty of time for you. I'm going to get into the last couple year-end tax strategies on the other side of the break. Keep it right here.
You're listening to Chris Herline with Reap Financial. If you're retired or retiring soon, you can now work personally with Chris and his team of fiduciary advisors. Call 512-249-7300 to request a no-commitment tax and retirement analysis. Or you can email chris at wealthradio.com. Are you retired or retiring soon? You can now personally work with Chris Herline and his team of fiduciary advisors. Book your consultation today. Call 512-249-7300. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ. It's 1148 and we're in our last segment already, fastest hour of my week. It's Chris Herline here and we still got time for your calls and text questions. 512 512- Eight three six zero five nine. You can send those over. Just before the break, we were kind of walking through some of the year-end tax strategies our most successful clients at Reef Financial are utilizing, um, and we we talked about some good ones: uh, maximizing your IRAs. You know, making sure you're taking advantage of those catch-up contributions with that four hundred one k. Taking advantage of donor-advised funds for your tax purposes and your giving purposes, and then everybody over your. 70 and a half, you know, that RMD age you start walking into, gosh, please, please talk to somebody if you give charitably about how a qualified charitable distribution could save you a lot in taxes while still satisfying your charitable intent. Another often overlooked one that, that and, and this is a big price to pay if, if this is overlooked, is this is a great time of year as we're in the end of the year here to look at your beneficiary designations on your accounts. I, I started the program with the idea that a lot of you have multiple accounts. You, you, many of you may have 10, 15 different accounts just because they, they stack up, particularly between you know you and your spouse. And things change, right? Things change throughout the years. So are your beneficiary designations correct? Let me give you some examples as to who and why you may need to be looking at this, okay? If you have unfortunately lost a spouse and maybe now you want to give this money that was once going to go to that spouse if they were to survive you, you wanted to give this to your your uh, you know, son or daughter, niece, nephew, um, maybe you get remarried and your intent is to leave it to your new spouse. Um, you know, if if your will is updated, good for you. If your trust is updated, good for you. But if you've got 401ks that are beneficiary designated to somebody that is no longer with us, that can create a huge issue. The same is true with your life insurance. If something's changed, if you know there's been a death or divorce, um, you know you need to be looking at these to insure because there's been horror stories around money that was intentionally going to be left to one person. The Beneficiary was not updated, and as your life has changed and your intent changed, the beneficiary designation didn't change. And what's on that beneficiary designation is going to go to what was originally put on it, unless it's amended. Another situation is those of you that have minor children. You may be married and have some 401ks and IRAs and say, well, if, if I pass, this is going to go to my spouse. And they'll take they'll take care of it. They'll handle things moving forward. That could be true, but if something happened to you both, you cannot leave IRAs and four hundred one ks to minor children. And so they may be the contingency, right? You got the primary as your spouse, and then you got a contingency 
to the minor children. And, and that money can get oftentimes tied up in courts and the judge is going to need to appoint somebody to come in and, you know, get through the process to distribute dollars to your heirs year over year. Um, there are some horror stories around that as well. So just keep in mind that a lot of times people say my net worth doesn't justify a living trust, um, but it very well may if you have minor children, particularly for, for years to come. So that would be something to obviously consult with an estate attorney on. Um, but those are some situations where we just want to make sure that your, your beneficiaries are updated and correct. And while I'm talking about it, this may be a good time to be considering updating your outdated, your 30, your 25, your outdated wills and trust. Maybe your net worth has grown to a point, maybe your family situation has graduated to a point where you do need more advanced planning with a living trust. You know, again, we can always, uh, you know, we can always direct you to some great vetted professionals right here in Austin that work with dozens of our families if that's something that is of concern or something you want to explore further. Now, as we close, one of the last year-end tax strategies, and this is what we're, we're really, um, you know, a lot of hours are going to this this week um, as, as we go into November. And, and uh, this is the season where we are estimating Roth conversions plans for our clients. We're, we're working with you to say, how much income do you have this year? And, and what uh, losses do we have this year? And what charitable intent do we have this year? And then we can come back and say, listen, here's three options. You know, here's option A, B, and C. Here's what it's going to cost to convert. Here's, here's how much it's going to save you long term. And then we can make a really educated decision together as to how much you're going to convert. So this is, this is the season because you, you have to have a conversion done by 1231 on each year. And so we're kind of getting into that red zone here. There's a misunderstanding out there and it's, it's that people in the lowest or maybe even one of the lowest tax brackets, oftentimes they're like, they, I'm, I'm in such a low tax bracket, I don't want to consider conversion. I, in fact, I had a, a conversation with a gentleman this week about this. And you just remember the key consideration on converting a Roth is whether tax rates will be higher in the future Okay, so even if you're someone who is in the lowest tax bracket today and doesn't expect your income to increase in the future, well, that's great, but could you pay higher tax rates in the future? See, in the case, lifetime income taxes, they, they can be reduced by converting. They can be reduced by converting those dollars to Roth. Okay. And the thing about these IRAs and 401ks is they, they're, they're not bad accounts. It's, it's a way that has, you know, made it really efficient uh, and really disciplined for so many employees to get money in their accounts. It's taken out every month, every year. They don't see it. They don't spend it. And before you know it, you've amassed a, a lot in these things. But the thing that is really alarming about them is that it's a one-way relationship when you've got money in these because... Today, you're putting money in and likely getting a tax break at the lowest tax rates today. And down the road, when you need this money the most, because we've retired no more paycheck, you're in a situation with Uncle Sam where it's, they're going to dictate how much they want to charge you each and every year when you need this money in retirement. 
And so that's why the true tax diversification piece of this is what can really roll in quite a bit of success in retirement because Roth means you're keeping your wealth. Roth means you have more control. And so finding a balanced approach into how much you should convert, how much you, you, you know, how much it's going to cost to convert and then how much you're going to save is a real critical part of a retirement plan. And it's something that I'm excited to walk through so many of our clients this week and potentially many of our wealth radio listeners. If this is something that you've been putting off, you're saying, listen, I've been listening to your show, Chris, for years. I've seen you on KXAN for years. You know, I listen to your podcast, whatever that is. Make this the year that you take action. It's very, it's very um, easy to just let years go by, but these tax rates are already set to go up in 2026. So we already know they're changing. So the question is, what are you going to do for the next 24 months? You know what? You, you email me this weekend, Chris at Wealth Radio, if you'd like us to put some analysis together for you and your family as to where you're at, if you can retire successfully, and if you're in a position where you should take Social Security early, are you in a position that you need to get into the Roth game immediately, or should we wait a few years until you retire? These are all things that vary couple to couple, person to person, and we can do this for you just like we've done with hundreds of families through the years, hundreds of families through the years, many of you off of KLBJ at Reap Financial with my team of fiduciary advisors. Email me this weekend if you want to take advantage of a 60-minute analysis at no cost, chris at wealthradio.com. It's chris at wealthradio.com, and we'll look forward to visiting with you either virtually or in one of our offices personally. Again, thank you for your listenership through all the years. I'm Chris Herline. I'll be back with you next Saturday, 11 a.m. to take your questions and a lot more here on Wealth Radio. Have a good week. If you're retired or retiring soon, tune into Wealth Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. The following program is sponsored by Reap Financial Group, LLC. Investment advisory services provided by Reap Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Opinions expressed in this broadcast are provided for information purposes only and may change without prior notice. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed in any way as an endorsement or inducement to invest or an offer to buy or sell any securities. The sales content should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor and tax professional should be consulted before making any investment decisions or implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The firm only transacts in states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.